You can't catch swine flu from a podcast. At least as far as we know, it's not possible. I'm Jeff Horwich. This is In The Loop. And uh, as you can maybe hear in my voice, uh, I don't think I have swine flu. Um, and I don't think my, my little son has, has swine flu. But uh, both of us are coming down with, with something wonderful. And so today's podcast is uh, going to drop a little bit early. I thought rather than play the odds and, and hope we can make it happen, uh, I mean, to stay home with him tomorrow. So I thought we'll take what we've got at the moment and uh, we'll put it together for you, maybe save some good stuff uh, for next week that we haven't been able to round up just yet. And in podcast land, you know, it's it's all good. And maybe, in fact, I can uh, uh, get healthy again and, and look after my, my little son. I think everybody who gets the sniffles these days is like, oh, my goodness, you know, if... I've got the, the H1N1, uh, the swine flu, uh, stuck between two public radio worlds here. You might have noticed uh, National Public Radio has gone back to calling it swine flu. Uh, here in Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Public Radio anyway, uh, is sticking with the H1N1. So um, I like them both. So we'll use them both. Uh, one result of the way this podcast is coming uh, together here is it's be a little a little on the lighter side kind of a pop culture theme to the show today let's let's put it that way uh, we'll get all heavy and newsy on you again uh, before long including a great interview well I think it's going to be great I'm excited about it on on health reform that we'll put off till next week we were actually supposed to do that earlier in the week but the woman uh, we're going to talk to got sick and uh, now I'm a little sick so how poetic we all want to talk about health reform but we're Dropping like flies. Today's show, in the meantime, should uh, give you some stuff to think about and uh, and laugh at. We got some music in there, and we got some good stories that rolled in from listeners on the In the Loop voicemail earlier in the week. And as promised in this uh, sort of pop culture episode, let's let's get started here and, and dwell a bit in the world of celebrity, but but celebrity um, in a way that oh, we can learn about the American legal system. You know, Ellen DeGeneres is uh, going to be the new judge on American Idol. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that, uh, even though uh, just between us, I think that is absolutely ridiculous. But she was in the news about the same time for something else that I think is is actually more interesting, perhaps. Now, I haven't seen Ellen DeGeneres' talk show more than maybe two or three times, but I've seen it enough to know two important things. First, a lot of people watch that show. Maybe it's not quite Oprah, but it's but it's a very powerful entity. And second... They do this thing where they play music and everybody dances around. Ellen dances around, the audience dances around, the staff, I'm presuming, is, is dancing around in the background. And a few days ago, a whole bunch of companies, uh, more or less the, the music industry, sued The Ellen Show, saying you can't play all that music and dance around to it if you're not going to pay for it. Uh, so maybe this is a big deal, maybe it's not, but I want to talk a little more about this case. So we called up Jeff Kravitz. Jeff, thanks very much for making some time for us. That's my pleasure. Thank you. Jeff's an entertainment lawyer in L.A. and uh, an expert on copyright and intellectual property issues uh, not involved in this particular case. Why might Ellen and her producers think that this was okay to do? Well, I can't speak for them, but they may think that it's okay to do because there is something out there called fair use. Mm -hmm. And there are certain circumstances where you can use somebody else's product or snippets of somebody else's product and not have to pay them 
But I don't think this is one of those instances. Well, tell me about what the criteria uh, might be, because my understanding of fair use, and to be to be honest, our show sort of plays, uh, you know, within the boundaries of fair use quite a bit, uh, safely on the on the legal side of it, I, I should say. But it's something we think about a lot. So what what does that mean, and and what are the criteria for you know that might let someone do something like this? Well, fair use is usually associated for something that's not for profit. Mm-hmm. or educational. So, for example, on your show, if you were going to do a piece on uh, television shows for children, you might want to play a snippet of the theme song from Sesame Street, and you would be doing so to give your listeners mm-hmm. a little bit of a sense as to what it is that you're going to be talking about. Isn't it also important to whether there's sort of something something new being created, Whether whether in this case she's just playing the song just to say, hey, everybody listen to this song, or whether they're saying, no, no, we're making a dance, we're making an event out of this, it's a new, it's a new creation. Isn't that something that might uh, put them on a little safer ground? Well, it does, and likely that's going to be part of what her defense is. The courts don't look, always look favorably on that. Obviously, there's a whole genre of sampling uh, in music, mm-hmm. and there used to be an informal uh, rule amongst musicians that if they use four bars or less, that they weren't going to get sued. Well, the courts didn't quite see it that way. Uh, they're going to take a look and see whether you use portions of the song. If you use portions of the song, you got to pay people for it. We're talking about over a thousand songs here, I think. So uh, there's no specific figure put on it in the suit, I don't think. But this, this is potentially a lot of a lot of money, right? Well, it it could be. My best guess is that this is something that's most likely going to be resolved before it goes to court. Part of the reason for that is that. A lot of the companies that are suing might, at a future juncture, find themselves on the opposite side of such a lawsuit. Hmm. They're going to want to handle the situation, but this does not look like a case that's going up to the United States Supreme Court. Can you imagine there are a lot of uh, what you might say, you know, the little guys who are not, you know, the the Ellen Show, who might be kind of hoping that that Ellen's show might fight this and establish some sort of some sort of precedent, or at least make uh, something informative for the rest of us. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that they will. But by the same token, Ellen's show um, is going to want to resolve this as well. My hunch is that um, given that she's got a new gig, she's going to want to go on to something else as well. When Ellen plays 30 seconds of a song, or at most, from what I understand, maybe 45 seconds of a song, you know, getting jiggy with it or whatever, isn't she drumming up business for the music companies? Well, she is. And that argument has been made every time somebody uh, takes music and puts it in a different form, that they're really making more music for the, uh, more money for the music companies. But by the same co- token, the music companies don't always look at it that way themselves. One thing that surprised me about this is that there was a big public uh, lawsuit at, at all. You know, why not just work this out quietly? Do you have any uh, thoughts or theories about that? Um, don't know. Well, you know what? There's, um, there, there's a saying in my profession that... Uh, in good times, people make deals. In bad times, lawsuits get filed. When everybody's making money making deals, nobody is looking for lawsuits as a general rule. When the economy goes a little bit south, people are looking at the situation, and uh, they're looking at it somewhat differently. Well, Jeff, it's been very good to talk with you. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. That's Jeff Kravitz. He's a partner with Fox Rothschild in Los Angeles, also a former deputy attorney general for the state of California. And I don't know, maybe that Ellen case won't turn out to be much of a big deal. Sounds like... Uh, Probably it won't. But fair use is just, it's so interesting. And uh, in this age of 
internet content and mixing and, and mashing and uh, all of the creativity that's been unleashed online, uh, it's more relevant than ever. So I thought it was the, just a nice opportunity to, to talk about that for a bit. In our uh, little pop culture mode here today, uh, more celebrities passing away this week. Uh, Mary Travers from Peter, Paul and Mary. I saw that uh, on the big ticker outside our buildings as I was driving in this morning. And uh, Patrick Swayze earlier in the week. We came in uh, the day after, I think, and found on our in-the-loop voicemail, uh, unsolicited but very much welcome, this brief elegy for Patrick Swayze. This is a recording of the poem Ghost by Aaron Bells from Los Angeles, California. Ghost. Love would have lasted maybe forever, but you did not, not even as the ghost that you became when you were shot. One final glowing kiss and off you went to glory land. No more sweet moments guiding clay slick hands. No more whispered words of love, however faint. No more cute phantom. Arrivederci, hunky haint. You're gone now and our memories grow hazy. You were what we knew of love. We'll miss you, Patrick Swayze. Aaron Bells writes poems for us every now and then from out in Los Angeles. If you want to learn more about him, see more of his work, you can visit him at Bells, which is spelled B-E-L-Z dot net. And if you've got a poem uh, along those lines, well, not Patrick Swayze, but anything that comes to mind, feel free to either write it up and send it to us. We've got a form on our website, inthelooshow.net, or you can use our uh, voicemail number like Aaron did, and that is uh, 651-228-4886. 651-CATGUT6, as it turns out. And uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. Now, I've been thinking for a while, maybe it's because I have uh, a son who's now 15 months old, about, about writing some children's music. And it occurred to me over the past week or so that uh, the world of celebrity and, and politics, I guess, have provided some nice teachable moments for our children. Between uh, Kanye and uh, Serena and old Joe Wilson there, uh, just a, a nice opportunity to, to sit our children down and say, you know, these, these famous people, don't do that. So today on In The Loop, uh, here's my first big foray into uh, children's music. If you got kids, you know, put them in front of the speaker, put the earbuds on them, and uh, hope you have a nice family learning moment. Hey kids, gather around for a brand new song. Let's learn some fun ways we can all get along. Manners are cool. Manners are fun. Good manners are important for everyone. Hey, who's here to help us learn how to behave? It's Blarney. Hey kids, give me a big Blarney wave. Blarney, are you ready for a lesson or three? I'm ready, ready, ready. Mr. Manners, that's me. Suppose you've got a friend who might win a prize, but then your friend doesn't win. What? To your surprise. Now, oh. don't be bitter. You should smile and clap. Screw that. I'm Blarney. This is Bogus Bullcrap. You might feel angry, be polite, and ignore it. No Hey, I see a microphone. I'm going for it. My friend should have won. She's better by far. The world's gonna know what a jerk you are. You've got to mind your manners. I guess you're right. Don't do what you're seeing on TV. Okay. Yeah, you've got to be polite, even when you think you're right. Then fuming makes an F of you and me. Think about it. Now, suppose you get to listen to a speech one day. You take your seat to hear what the guy has to say on a big important issue we all need to fix. Why are we talking about manners? This is politics. Now, should you disagree at any point? Why, yo, you lie like I own the joint. And does anybody listen to the point you raise? Yeah, I can keep it in the news cycle for days. Good manners always mean keeping your cool. Now, kids, let's suppose you're in a game after school. The game's on the 
line. It looks pretty bad. Well, I'm not used to losing, so I'm really, really mad. Well, maybe there's a call that you don't much like. Foot fault, match point, throw down, let's fight. But even if the ref makes a bad, bad call, well, she better open up so I can stuff this ball no, down. you got to mind your manners. Whatever. Don't do what you're seeing on TV. You've got to be polite, even when you think you're right. And fuming makes an F of you and me. Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, fuming makes an F of you and me. Bye bye, kids! Well, what do you think? Should Blarney and I uh, go on the road? Corrupting the nation's youth? Uh, or maybe should I just stay right here in my day job? Uh, that's certainly... I would rank it among one of the stranger songs we've done on the show. And there's a video of it if you want to take a look up at uh, loopfacebook.net on our Facebook page. Uh, I brought in, uh, among other things, my, my son's little toy piano, which I thought would just add some nice texture to it. It's a funny-sounding little thing, but actually kind of beautiful. It's still sitting next to me here. That's a nice kid's piano. So Kanye and Serena and Joe Wilson inspired us earlier in the week to also ask you, our listeners, whether there was any sort of red-letter rudeness that you had seen lately in your own lives. And we had a bunch of stuff roll in on the uh, voicemail, as a matter of fact. Sandin has been sorting through those and put a few of them together. We're going to start here with a story of rudeness from, uh, can you believe it, Paris, France. Hi, it's Mark calling from Paris. This act of rudeness took place on Sunday. I had spent all day at a sports fair promoting the Gay Games 2010 Cologne. And we had these cardboard boxes to use for displaying, uh, uh, as display things. And I unpacked them, flattened them, bundled them together. They were in a nice little box. And they still took up a little space. They're about the size of a stroller. So when it came time to get on my bus to go home, there were lots of people with big bags. It was Sunday. People were coming back from the weekend. There were a couple of strollers. There was almost no room. So people coming off the bus had to go either. I had to move, you know, to let them off. Either the people coming from the front of the bus or from the back of the bus. And it was working out okay. Until we got close to my house when apparently my backpack, which was also quite bulky, blocked the door once. You know, it kind of tried, the doors try to close and then they don't. And then you move forward and the doors close. Not a big deal. Except that this guy from the neighborhood, maybe he was suffering from Ramadan hunger pangs, I don't know, he started screaming at me as he got off the bus that it was my fault that the, the doors wouldn't close. And I just let him go off, you know, he was screaming at me. And I noticed as the bus took off, he's going in the same direction and he's standing there, turning, looking at me, glaring at me. So I gave him the finger. Well, he runs after the bus, curious, jumps in front of the bus, gets the bus to stop, comes in the front door, pushes his way through the crowd to come and uh, tell me, well, come to come and threaten me, actually, with physical bodily harm, you know. So I said, I'm very sorry. I made an unfortunate gesture. I ask your forgiveness. And he says, say you're an asshole. And so, you know, discretion is the better part of value. This guy is really irritated. And, you know, he's just chased down a bus to get, get me. So I think, nothing to lose. I say, yes, I'm an asshole with as much disdain as I can. He's not happy with that. So he starts yelling at everybody in the bus about how horrible I am and what a, what a jerk I am and 
he finally got off of the bus at the next stop. So I guess I was rude, but I think this guy was ruder. Bye. Hi, this is Robbie Grady calling from Goffstown, New Hampshire, home of the giant pumpkin regatta. The best or worst example of rudeness witnessed lately has been an ongoing event all summer long as people have decided that our downtown streets are a good place to throw their trash, including their dirty diapers. Ew, yuck. I don't know why we think we can save the planet when we can't even find a trash barrel to put our crap in. So that's it. Thanks. Hope you're having a better day out there than I am. Bye. Hello. My name is Donna Kemmett-Mueller. I'm from St. Paul. And I have a couple stories of rudeness I've witnessed lately. Earlier this year, I was shopping in Walmart, and I dropped a pair of gloves that I had invested in, really nice pair of winter gloves. So when I realized I had dropped them, I backtracked to try to find them, found a woman who worked in the store. She told me that she had found the gloves, and the woman nearby who was looking at the items in that area grabbed them from her as if they were hers. So I happened to find this woman in the store holding my gloves. So I approached the woman and I said, did you find those gloves? Because I lost a pair just like that. And she, instead of admitting that they weren't hers, turned the story around and made it look like I was harassing her and called attention to me with making loud sounds and turned the story totally back around on me and ended up leaving the store with my gloves. So that's disappointing. And then just a couple months ago, I was leaving work. I was sitting at a stop sign waiting to turn, and a car came down the street that I was waiting to turn onto, hit the car next to it, which came slamming into my car, and both other cars in the accident fled the scene. That's really rude. Those are both really rude incidents. Thank you. Bye. Rude indeed. Thanks, everybody, who responded to our question. And if you didn't get the question, but you'd like to get questions like this in the future, you can keep an eye on our Facebook page, but you can also get on our email list. Sign up for that. Click on Join the Network over on uh, intheloopshow.net. And let me quickly uh, acknowledge those couple of you who wrote in and said, um, quit being so cynical. Can't you be more positive? Find examples of joy in the world. And uh, I certainly understand where you're coming from. We all need more examples of joy. Uh, we're deeply joyful here at In The Loop, even, uh, even about things like rudeness. Uh, I'm sure we'll find some more positive stories in the weeks ahead. And if you've got a story of great, immense joy, uh, share it with us. And... Uh, Maybe we can use it and brighten everybody's day. In the Loop is produced by Sandin Totten, who put that uh, quick bit of audio together for me there, and uh, and myself. I'm Jeff Horwich, and as my throat gets a little bit uh, more scratchy here, I'm going to bow out. But we will be back next week with more informative hijinks. Let's put it that way. Bye bye.